Welcome to Inner Guidance Daily, episode number 14. I am so excited to share with you this guest. Her name is Shannon Hugman. You guys, her last name is Hugman. I should already tell you just how wonderful and full of light this human is. She is going to blow your mind. She's an astrologer and she joined on the episode here to talk to us about what to expect in May, what to expect in all the whole year 2020, what to focus on. She explains to us what an energy current is, how we are affected by the planets, and so many other pieces of wisdom. I asked her some of the basic questions like, how do we even know where the planets are moving? How do we know where things are going to be in 2020 and 2021 and so on? And she gives us the breakdown. She also shares with us, hey, if you're doing this work, this inner work where you're going inside and asking your questions, how do I want to live my life? Who am I in this world? What is my intention and desires? You're okay. So I just wanted to add that to this intro that, you know what, the world is uncertain and there's so much wisdom in uncertainty. And she really allows us to have a full grasp of how the planets affect us in really good ways and how they energize us. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. If this is your first time joining, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Lauren. I'm a meditation guide excuse me, and I help you connect to your own inner guidance through meditations. And this podcast, Inner Guidance Daily, was built to be able to help you deepen that connection. So I invite people who inspire me and who are connected for sure to their own inner guidance and who are also helping other people connect as well. So here on this episode, you're going to meet Shannon Hugman, who is an astrologer, and learn all kinds of amazing things. If you're joining again and you've been to the podcast before, well, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. As always, I love you and I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Welcome to Inner Guidance Daily. I am joined by Shannon. Shannon, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so happy that you're here. So a little background, Shannon is an astrologist, astrology, astrologist. Yeah, astrologer, astrologist. I call myself a cosmic meteorologist. That's something I made up. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. So I'm curious if you could give us like a window, like a peek into how did you even start to get into this line of work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I always like to start this this story because it really is a story um, that I had no idea. Like if you told me this was what I was going to do. I've actually tried harder to run away from it (laughs) um, over the last few years. Um, Well, I've been doing this for about a decade. So over the last decade, I I feel as though this path chose me uh, is what I'm trying to say. And I've tried to navigate away from it, but it always just keeps coming back. So some background story. Um, When I was a kid, I could guess people's birth months. So I would be able to see kids on the playground and I can only describe it as I would get a feeling from these kids. And I was also a child and my friends would grab kids from other grades and bring them like strangers and stuff like that. And I was like the circus, the circus like entertainment for a couple weeks, like kids do, you know, we go, we do something for a week. And yeah, so I would look at people I didn't know and I could just feel like, yeah, you feel like you're born in September or you feel like you're born in March. And I didn't have the language of the constant 
delusions or the zodiac or anything like that. It, it was just this palpable feeling. And like many of us who probably have that kind of experiences when we we're a kid, um, blocked it out. was like, that's kind of weird. That was random. Don't know about that. And forgot about it. And then in 2010, I was in a long distance relationship and I thought, I'm going to read his love horoscope. I'm just going to see what's going on. Uh, love horoscope. Because I grew up in a household that was very much around um, like good vibes and be a good person and love and share and all that yummy stuff. But it wasn't necessarily um, very spiritual in terms of like talking about horoscopes or talking about psychics or intuition. There wasn't really that construct. It was more just be a good person, like love each other. And, and that really has obviously brought me to this point that I'm at as well. However, when I was, uh, yeah, in this long distance relationship and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get horoscopes. Horoscopes were never something I'd ever thought about because my sun sign is Capricorn which makes me a goat. And I was like, I don't like goats. I don't want to be a goat. Like I wanted to be the fish. I loved water. I was like, this is just, I don't care about that. I remember um, my friends and my sister got like beanie babies of their zodiac signs. And I was like, just devastated that mine was a goat. And after that, I was just done with astrology until 2010 um, when I'm looking at love horoscopes. And I actually came across an astrologer who was doing YouTube videos and was talking about where the planets were in that moment, right? I call it current energy. We'll talk more about that. But he was talking about the transits, where the planets are now. So not horoscopes, but more of, hey, Jupiter's in Gemini for the next year. And Saturn has been in Libra for the last three years. And he was doing these like weather forecasts, basically. And it was just as if something within me clicked into gear. It was like that intuitive, you know, knowing or that peace. Um, and I just understood it. And I'm, and I'm somebody when I like something, I just dive right in. So that was kind of the beginning and the end at the same time where I really see astrology as a language. And the more we speak a language, the more we practice it. And so since then, I was always connecting with um, different online communities or creating content or just, yeah, just diving full force and that was kind of how it started. And it was always just this interest, this hobby. And then I'd, you know, be sharing articles or writing and people started asking me, you know, can I, um, can you pay, can you look at my chart? And I'd say, sure. And then I'd get some really wild, incredible feedback. And then people would say, you know, where did you learn this? And, um, it, I didn't really, I, I don't know. So then I created a course and then people would say, you know, where, where are some books you recommend? And I, so then I wrote a book. And so I've really just always been responding when I have the courage to do it, which is, is getting more and more, um, to really just respond to what life is asking from me. And it was really awesome because I found out about the birth we're going to talk all about that. And my moon sign is Scorpio and my rising is Pisces. So I did get to be the fish that I wanted to be when I was a kid. Um, and then also years later, this, this probably would have been about four years ago now. Um, but I had been well underway working as an astrologer, a friend of mine who had actually been on the playground with me when I could guess kids birthdays. Um, she reminded me of that experience. So I had forgotten like I can obviously recall it right now, clear as day, and I remember that, but I had forgotten that that was even a thing. And so that was kind of right when I had launched full time. Um, so it was a pretty cool roundabout moment, but I really like to share this story to emphasize that 
I come from um, a perspective and a philosophy of astrology where it's all about the feelings. It's about how things feel, right? And, and I think back to little Shannon on the playground. It was always a feeling I got from people and, and that's still, still the same today. And yeah. That's amazing. I just got goosebumps. Like at the end, as you are saying, like, you know, it's just a feeling. I very much relate to that, you know, as a meditation guide, that was just a feeling that this is, this feels like home. It feels very familiar. So you said something interesting that, you know, it's not something you learned. It's something you like knew. Can you tell us a little bit more? Like, were you learning about the planets and then learning about, you know, the different Scorpio, Gemini, Leos, and then you were able to align and do the birth charts without any, any training? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very intuitive and it's very intuitive for me. Um, but obviously no, I guess this is how I see it. I see it as if we all have these currents within us and around us, just like, you know, we could all say, Hey, you know what it feels like to be sad and you know what it feels like to be excited. And so while I was, I definitely have read astrology books. And like I said, I got to work under a lot of mentors and participate in a lot of communities and be part of a lot of conversations. And so that really allowed my logical mind to kind of piece it together. But how I feel called to describe it right now is it's almost as if I feel these energies, like the, the 12 themes of the Zodiac or the different themes and archetypes of the planets, and, and they interlap interlace and intertwine. Um, I think of it as if it's like a feeling. So like Scorpio is a feeling. Gemini is a feeling. Um, and so in that sense, just like I can say, you guys can remember what it feels like to be sad, right? And you can remember what it feels like to be excited. It was almost like that kind of experience for me where, again, I definitely spent a year or two, but not that long <laughs> studying too much until it kind of just took off into, oh, I know these feelings. And then I had, um, there's definitely a level of uh, inner knowing, right? This inner knowing is exactly what it is. And, and I, I was in denial of that for years because I would do chart readings or talk about these things to people. And, and people would say like, you're psychic, you're intuitive, what you say? And I would say, no, I'm just, I'm just reading the chart. I'm just reading yeah. the chart. And um, they'd say like, you're using exactly specific examples and all this kind of stuff. So for me, it definitely comes from that inner knowing, but I also believe it's a language that exists within all of us. And so when it's, communicated in a certain way, um, it can activate that knowing within us. And I feel like that's a big part of the work I do is I, I speak from that emotional awareness to really help people remember that they also know these themes within them. Maybe not in the same language as zodiac or planets or celestial bodies or whatever, but we all know how these, these archetypes feel. Yes, that's beautiful. And I love that idea of like activating that sense, that knowing, that deep knowing within you of that you know these things, they feel familiar. There's something that you have on your website that I fell in love with and I wanted to hold space for you to share more about what this means. So I'm going to read it for everybody so that they can hear it. I'm here for those who want to bring energized versions of themselves down to earth in order to synthesize with the changing times? What does that mean? <laughs> awesome question, thank you. Um, 
and I said this before, but I want to just say it so your listeners can hear you're like a world-class interviewer. The way that you've gone and found the questions and done the back checks and all that stuff is just like the planner in me loves it. So I love this question. Um, and so this question acts, well, this uh, statement, um, bringing energized versions of ourselves down to earth so we can synthesize with the changing times really came from me being very, uh, I'm just going to say what my inner knowing wants to say, just being exhausted with a lot of spiritual realms and a lot of spiritual communities that use, um, I'll use astrology, although we could fill in the blank with lots of different things, right? But use astrology to escape what's going on, right? To say, oh, let's blame the full moon or, oh, Mercury's retrograde. I'm going to stay inside for three weeks or whatever. Because for me, when we align with these currents, right? When we have this uh, activation of those inner knowings, we're bringing that energy. Well, it's not even that we're bringing it inside of us. I think it already exists within us. We're enhancing that energy within us. So for me, when I am anything I'm doing, when it comes to interpreting these astrological energies, it energizes me. I mean, you can probably even just hear that when I speak about it, but it's energizing. And that's really how I think of it is this, we can come in and we can be energized by this information. And, and I really think of information as light. And this is what I mean by that is that information informs, right? Light illuminates. So if we're in a dark room, we're not going to have a lot of information about what's going on. But if we're in a room with lots of lights on, we have lots of information. So if we think about the planets and the sun and, you know, the moon, all of it, they're, they're literally beaming light down to us. And so they're bringing us information. And again, I don't, think it's necessarily like the information's outside of us. It's more all this information on these inner outer levels. And so that to me is that illumination, that energizing of ourselves. And so our energized selves are ourselves who are informed, who are illuminated and who are living that on earth. So that's the down to earth part, right? Because we're not here to escape earth. And maybe some of you are, and that's totally okay because it's earth and it's free will, like fairgrounds, and you can do whatever you want. Um, but for me, it became really important when I started seeing the changes that were happening on our planet, um, really aligning with the cycles that I had been forecasting and reading. And I wrote this statement in February. So, you know, relatively since then, we've definitely had some rapidly changing times. And so there was this shift for me, especially in 2020, because 2020 has been a year that I've been looking at astrologically, like since I started a decade ago. And I had this feeling, and I still obviously have it, of now these current energies or these cycles of the planets are relevant to current events. They can be our teachers or our guides. And so that's where I shift gears from saying, this is about getting energized, bringing those energized selves down to earth so that we can shift this uh, collective through being ourselves really at the end of the day. So I, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, that you, I mean, oh, my, my brain is like, wait, there's so many things I wanna say. So brilliantly said, so beautiful. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we think uh, we can connect to nature, but we're thinking about the world around us, you know, like the trees and the grass and the birds, and that's all part of the, the universe and it's all nature. And then we get to this place where we're gonna connect with a planet, you know, and some people are 
thinking that's too far removed. But the way you just talked about it, how it's uh, shining a light in a dark room. I mean, the moon literally shines down on us. The sun literally shines down on us every single day. So it's the same concept. And I think that just makes it more relatable. It makes it more literally down to earth that we can, you know, understand that we're, we're connecting to universe, literally, and then making it, you know, light and um, energize us. So I love that idea. I think it's very, very down to earth. Um, what, so back, let's back up a little bit. Um, what is energetic astrology? So just, you have a podcast too that is what the heck is energetic astrology, which is beautiful in its own right. And so just hold some space for us and, and give us the, the cliff notes of what that is. Yeah, absolutely. And so I use that term energetic astrology really to differentiate from traditional astrology because traditional astrology, and I hear this all the time and I understand it, I feel it myself, can be very intellectual right? That, that it can be, okay, the sun is squaring Pluto. And what does that mean again? And I forget when is that? And, you know, oh, but what is she again? And it comes from this very charted, you know, documented philosophy. Like it's heady, if that's a word, (laughs) it's in our minds, right? Traditional astrology for a lot of people, not everybody, but energetic astrology to me brings in that emotional component, right? It brings in that light is information. It brings in that whole, these are currents of energy that are flowing around us and we can choose if we want to swim with those currents. So I even have been using that word, the currents of energy for a long time. And now I see it as like, you know, a current of a river for sure, but also this is what's currently happening. (laughs) And so life is really this current. And so energetic astrology has to do with looking at these cycles and transits as currents of energy that we can choose whether or not we want to align with them. And that has to do obviously with where the planets are now, but it also had like, if there's like, there was a super moon last week, that would be a current of energy. Um, but you know, where the moon was when we were born is a current that's going to happen throughout our lives. And so that's where we can get into like dates of birth or relationship stuff. And it's, saying that the currents have to be currently happening right now. Um, But energetic astrology is my way of saying, hey, it's all energy. We're all energy. Um, And it kind of brings in this more collective consciousness tone to it. And also like the vibration of energy, right? You feel energy. And that's really what my like motive is when I talk about this is to get people feeling (laughs) basically. That's awesome. And I want to just like pull out a little personal story just to help relate, you know, for people listening. Um, So I love astrology. I always have. I obviously, it, you know, this this knowing, you know, is becoming louder and louder, this inner guidance from planets and and paying more attention to it. So um, the last full moon, uh, for, for whatever reason, it really literally drew me out of my house with my daughter to howl at the moon. We were howling at the moon and dancing to like Daft Punk out on the porch, you know, like with the big moon. (laughs) But never had we done that ever before. It was like really energetically like pulling us outside to go do that. And then just the other day, um, there was this, just a random day. I couldn't stay in the house anymore, you know, at sunset. And so we kept my daughter up late. And we went to just go see the sun um, set over like the mountains here. 
But then later I went and read and it was like, you know, the sun I think was in Taurus and it was just like calling people outside, like go, you know, you could speak to this far more than I could, but I just want to share like that relatable story of, you know, they are speaking to us. Um, There are energies and currents that are running through. And I think once you kind of plug in and can begin to ride the wave, which you do so beautifully for people is showing them how to do that then you can start to see it in like your everyday life and and make decisions based off of that. I love that. And like, you sound like such an amazing mom. Like that's, that's the mom goals. Go howl at the moon daughter. Like that is, that's like Academy award mother right there (laughs) in my books. Anyways. (laughs) Well, thank you. What's so cool about this area is that since quarantine, this is a little sidetrack, but it's cool since quarantine, people are literally coming outside and going and howling. And then everybody else will howl around each other. So we're like these like packs of people, like, you know, it's very primal. Um, Cool. 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 Okay. So sorry to get sidetracked, but speaking of currents of energy and understanding energetic astrology, what are some of the energetic tones of 2020? You know, give us like the number one thing we should be at least paying attention to in, you know, st- starting to get curious about. And also, side note, I think it's so cool that you have been studying 2020 or thinking about 2020 as you began this. And now here we are. Okay, so tell us what are the energetic tones of 2020 that we should pay attention to? Yes, awesome. So I all I, I love talking about 2020 and um, I was, I've been talking about it for a long time. Um, and so I... I And this is my own like disclaimer just for my own ego or my own mindset is I just want to say that I was saying these things before we were in this pandemic. And the reason why I say it is because, um, it might sound like I'm making this up, but, (laughs) and you could go back, you could look at the podcast, you could look, they were out there, but anyways, basically what these tones are, are have to do with the, uh, the energy of Capricorn. So this is what I'm talking on a collective level. So I think of it as if we are all, all the signs because we are all the whole sky, right? And we're the whole sky and what's happening in the sky right now is part of that energetic climate. Just like if it was raining outside, you know, we'd all be getting wet if we're, if it's raining. So whereas if you are, you know, you are a Capricorn or you know, you have Capricorn energy, you're going to f- maybe be a little bit more personal in this experience. But whenever I start talk about signs and themes of signs, especially if it's like a first time, like, you know, your listeners don't know me. I just like to say, this relates to you, even if you in your, your logical mind tells you, well, I'm not a Capricorn. This is like a collective forecast. So Capricorn energy rules. Well, Capricorn actually rules the bones. It's the structure. It's how we organize. It's who's in charge. I like to say it's like the CEO of the Zodiac. It's like, all right, you know, what are the rules? And the CEO, assigns the schedule and so it's our rules and regulations but it's also who writes them so it's also authority and power and responsibility and all that kind of that kind of stuff now with that also comes what I like to think of as like consequences now I don't say consequences is like they're all bad necessarily but it's a point of saying when we talk about responsibility of Capricorn what we show up for what we're responsible to the hard work that we put in yields you know success rewards achievement so when we're talking about capricorn 
we can think of it as like I said, the mountain goat earlier. Um, that mountain goat is going to be if if you haven't ever done this, just Google like goats on cliffs because it's one of my favorite things to look at. Just total not astrology related, um, but it's just amazing these cliffs that these goats get to. And so that's the Capricorn energy. It's like how did they get up there because they work hard and they go step by step by step mm. so it's this whole theme of like hard work but also structures systems establishments who are we working for who's telling us what to do who's telling us what we can't do how are we organizing what's the system so that energy really comes in full force throughout 2020. Um, and I'm going to give some background really quickly, but basically before I give the background, I just want to say that throughout 2020, the planet Pluto, the planet Saturn, and the planet Jupiter have, are all coming together in this area of Capricorn um, three times throughout the year. So it's, or four actually, started in January, then again in April, um, again in June, and again in November. So when energies come together, it's kind of like we have a team meeting. So it's kind of like we have executives coming together, like the executives are Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto, because they're coming together in Capricorn. It's like the CEOs are getting together and saying, all right, what's going on earth? Like, how are we organizing? <laughs> you know, it's the systems. So the background story is that since 2008, Pluto has been in Capricorn. So Pluto is, you know, I, I get this heat sometimes where people say like Pluto's not a planet. So for those listening, like dwarf planet, whatever. But the energy of Pluto is what's called a generational planet. And this is because it spends like anywhere from 15 to 20 years in a sign. So because it's, you can think of it if it's like super far deep in space and it moves like really slowly and it basically is like the planet of transformation. And if you think about like if you were doing like a really slow, deep clean of your carpet and you were like really getting like, you were taking your time to get every piece of dirt, that's Pluto. So Pluto came into Capricorn in 2008 and basically was giving us like the deep clean of the systems and saying all right here's the truth of what's going on and when I say truth you know that can obviously be like subjective to some or whatever and I think that there's definitely like for this audience like you have your inner knowing right you know your truth and so Pluto's aligned with that so our truths may be different at certain times but then there's also this kind of truth that's like facts in a way. And so Pluto has been in Capricorn, the system, for these last, you know, 12 years, really sharing some facts with humanity about how we organize, about, you know, who's in charge and what's in our food and what does our currency stand for? And, you know, what are those laws and who's on the top and who's on the bottom and all this kind of stuff. So obviously, you know, we could really go down the rabble of all of that, but we can think about it as if, and this is how I've been describing it, um, these themes of 2020. So imagine if we had a pyramid. So we have this pyramid and our society has been structured as this pyramid. And the last time that Pluto was in Capricorn was at the end of the 1700s. So it was 1762 to 1778. And because remember, I'm saying Pluto takes its time, right? So it takes like 200, I think 250-ish years to go all the way around. And I don't have like numbers written down, so that could be not exact, but it's, it's a while. So 
the last time Pluto was in Capricorn was at the end of 1700s, and certain systems and organizations of power were built that a lot of them were formed as this pyramid, right? So we have like the rules on top or the leaders on top. Back then, we had things like the uh, Constitution was written, modern economics. There's this book called The Wealth of Nations um, that really talked about like supply and demand and the free market and all this kind of stuff came into form. So back then we had this, this pyramid structure where it's like, yeah, there's some on top and there's some underneath and that's kind of how we operate. That's how our economy operates, at least here in North America. That's how our economy operates. Um, and if we think about it, if you think about a pyramid, if you're standing on top of a pyramid and you're on the top, you're going to have like a nice big view right? You're going to see a lot. You're going to have more information at the top of the pyramid than someone who's at the bottom, like, you know, who can't see. So there's also this hierarchy in terms of the information, you know, back in the 1700s, like, I don't know, because I wasn't alive, but I would imagine, like, we didn't have the information citizens that we have today. So we could think about it as now that Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, but 2020 is the big year where we start to see the results of those changes and shifts and transformations that have been going down since 2008, connected to facts and truth, and also people connecting to their own inner knowings and truth. It's almost as if the pyramid is now flipping. So it's, I used to say the pyramid's falling, and uh, that was kind of how I was seeing it, but now I see it as the pyramid is flipping. And if you think about a pyramid that's flipped, what shape is that? That's like a diamond, right? And so I really feel as though we, as the masses, and it's not going to be everybody, but you know, it's a majority of us. And I feel as though probably your audience can feel that as well. When we connect to that inner knowing or to that truth, all of a sudden, we're not playing the game of like the hierarchy of we better follow orders from up top or we better, you know, trust what they're telling us that they see from the lookout posts, you know, whatever. We're like, wait, we want to be on top. <laughs> wait a minute. We, we got a lot of information. We can be informed. We can take our place at the top of that pyramid. And so it's like the pyramid flips and we each become those diamonds. That being said, how are diamonds created? under pressure, right? So 2020 is this pressurization year where we're just kind of pressured and pushed within ourselves because the external world is basically under construction. The systems are shifting and sh changing and Pluto's gonna be in Capricorn until 2023. However, like we're in the home stretch, right? Like, and Saturn is going to be moving out of Capricorn into uh, Aquarius. 2021 is a year where there's so much hope. Like, I really feel like there's, but the hope comes from being willing to flip, willing to flip, live inside out instead of outside in and really shift our focus. That is so beautiful. Um, what an amazing way of looking at what's happening and to be able to give it to us in a way that we can completely understand. It's so beautiful the way you've put it together that this structure of how the world has been built has been flipped upside down, essentially. And now that's the shape of a, a diamond, literally a diamond in the rough, you know, under pressure. And here then now knowing that in 2021, we can potentially see a lot of hope and change and, and the good happening. And, and people really are going in, you know, the, one of the silver linings of COVID and, you know, I'm very sympathetic to everything that's going on. So I say this with a light heart, but, you know, one of the things that has come out is that we really have been asked to go in um, 
and and to truly come home come home to to us within not necessarily come home to your home home um but the home within you um i have so many questions so i wanted to make sure that i'm concise because it's just so beautiful okay so this may be a little um not a stupid question, but I think it's just a clarifying question. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, hear people saying like, how does she know this? How do you know how the planets move? You know, so now you can see the year mapped out. How are we able to see where the planets are moving? How do we even do that? How do we know that 2021 is going to have certain things? And should we all be planning about 2021 now? You know, should we be taking a look now or should we wait, you know, and just sit in the space that we're in? Awesome. Awesome question. I love it. And I think of myself as like a kindergarten level teacher. Well, I can like adapt and I can be like the whatever, but I really love kindergartners. <laughs> so yeah. I love getting back to basics. So this question is totally appreciated. And so for, I'm going to kind of answer it in two, two sort of quick answers. The first way how I get that information is just through websites like astro.com or astrotheme.com. Um, there's a tool called an ephemeris, which is E-P-H-E-M-E-R-S. Um, and you can look at ephemerises and you get all these charts that show where these transits are happening. So that's kind of like the where you can get the documents that show where that information is. Now, obviously, like we need to know how to read a chart, right? We need to know how to understand those symbols because it is all written in symbols and numbers. And that's where, um, for me, again, it's through those years I've kind of made this hybrid uh, intuitive astrology, energetic astrology type type way of interpreting those symbols. And so that's what I love to teach others is how to interpret the symbols. And so I have a course on my website called the Art of Astrology Online Academy and I'm and I give it away. So it I always like to say this uh, especially on interviews to new audiences like this isn't one of those like hey free opt-in free course and I'm going to like try to sell you something. This is literally a course that I've sold to hundreds of people over the last few years, but I just want to give it away because I want people to have it. So I'm very picky with who I give my email to. I'm very picky with what I opt into. Um, and so I always deliver from that place of like, this is actually true value. This is like six eBooks that teaches you how to create charts, read charts, interpret charts, read relationship charts, read current transits. Um, and I literally like go step by step of how you, what you click on the website, how you read the symbols, what the symbols read and all of that good stuff. So that's called the Art of Astrology Online Academy. It's at shannonhugman.com. Um, I also have a new book out that's called Analogies, Energies and Celestial Bodies. And that's available at shannonhugman.com. Um, and it's also available on Kindle through Amazon, but if you want a paperback copy, those are at shannonhugman.com. Um, and same thing, that is like an astrology resource or astrology dictionary, basically reference point. I should say energetic astrology dictionary. Um, and so again, you can pair those two things by going to those resources like which are also outlined in the course. If you're like, what was it? Astrowhat.com or whatever? It's astro.com. Um, but you can go there and they are like, they forecast it. They give you the charts. They give you where it's going to be, where it's going. You can look back over the last, I think it goes all the way back like for thousands and thousands. I think it says like 50. 
thousand years or something. Um, and so you could look forward thousands and thousands of years as well. But that's only one piece to it. Then there's obviously the piece of understanding the symbolism. And you can find that in all sorts of ways of studying astrology. But if you're into my stream of astrology, which is about not memorizing terms, but getting to know the parts of the yourself really getting to know those emotions getting to know those analogies or currents of energy um they pair really well they pair really well together and i love your question about uh, should we be planning for 2021 because i think what we're doing now is setting the tone for that and so i really feel like anybody who's listening to this podcast about inner knowing don't worry about planning. You're good. You are doing the good work. The good work right now is the inner knowing. It's when, because it, remember the pyramid's flipping, so that's inside out now. If we live inside out, inside comes first. Um, and we could see this as like we create our realities or, you know, as humans, we're really just kind of computers that read frequencies, um, kind of like the matrix <laughs> in a lot. It's actually very, I hadn't ever watched The Matrix until like a week ago and I was creeped out. It's kind of creepy. I don't like like creepy movies, but I was like, yeah, this, this, this is how I see the world. But anyways, so um, you don't have to necessarily see it that way, but it's this idea of what is real. If what is real is what you taste or you touch or you can grab with your hands, you're living outside in. Whereas, and that's okay, there's no shame in that. But I just have this feeling where there's a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who are living inside out, right? The inner knowing. So as you, and maybe you're not, I don't live inside out all the time. Like when my boyfriend leaves dishes, like I'm not connecting to my inner knowing, like I should, but I don't, right? Or like when it's cold outside, like I'm, so, you know, we're human here. I say all, I say all of this with a lot of like, we're human. Um, but even just prioritizing that inner realm, which means like listening to this podcast, taking a deep breath, um, you know, reading the course or the book, or just sitting in the sun, like laughing, going and howling at the moon, like all that kind of yumminess, that's going to set the tone for 2021. Because realistically, we can't plan for what the external world is going to look like because we're creating the external world based on our choices and decisions now. So, okay, let me, yeah. let me, because you just uh, hit on something that I wanted to ask you anyways. And yeah. thank you so much for all of that. And it's, it's, it's like a peace of mind to know that from an astrologer, like, Hey, if you're doing this inner work, if you're really looking at the world from the inside out, 2021 is going to be all all right. You know, stay, stay focused on the present moment, stay where you are. Um, you also mentioned something on your blog or website, one of the places, but it is because it, you said, because we are made of this energy, we can influence our reality. Okay. So really quickly, what does that mean? Yeah. Awesome. So I think of it, I'm going to think of um, Plato. Let's use the example of Plato. And so first thing, whenever I talk about Plato, Plato gets messy, right? <laughs> it can get stuck in all those corners. It can get stuck in the carpet. Like, so being Plato doesn't mean it's all like, hey, let's make all these perfect sculptures, right? Like Plato can get messy. So if we think about everything being energy, as if like everything's Plato, okay? And so if our external world is Plato and... I'm Plato, <laughs> right? That's how we can influence it because we can see phys 
really what I'm, what I'm feeling like I want to say to it right now is that physical reality is malleable and that we can shift certain perceptions of physical reality and see results. So here's an example. There are obviously like, well, I don't know, maybe this isn't, I'm a very down to earth person. So I'm going to say it this way. I feel like this could, there could be exceptions for what I'm about to say, but like I could sit in my room and meditate for the rest of my life on world peace. And there might not actually be peace out there. Right. That being said, global meditations, collective meditations, like I'm all for it. I do really know it's very powerful. So there's a certain level of the influence of reality also comes from action. So of course, meditating is an action, but I'm feeling it with this specific example of influencing reality is imagine you're in a room of people and they're all fighting with each other, right? And they're all, and the, your reality right now is like a battlefield because one person's reading this website, one person's listening to this and the level where they're talking politics, like whatever, it's like this battlefield. What if, you know, we influence our reality by coming in and just listening to everybody and then saying, hey, you guys see the sun shining outside, right? Or we say, you know, who wants some ice cream? Like, you know, or whatever is an example. So I know that that's very like a literal example, but that's a perfect example of how our actions can influence our realities because we're all energy means that, you know, that person in the room who's arguing with that other person in the room, they're still made of the energy and they can feel the sun. Just like me coming in and saying, hey, did you look at the sun? So what I mean by that is it's that everything is like a Play-Doh that we get to kind of mold and mix, but Play-Doh gets messy sometimes too. So it's not like create your own reality, kittens and rainbows, everything is great. Like that's not what I, I used to talk like that years ago, but not anymore. Um, now I'm like, I see it more as everything is energy, therefore I better be responsible with the energy I put out there because it does influence that external reality. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things you can ever pay attention to is the energy you bring into a room. Like there's this famous quote by Maya Angelou who that, you know, everybody will remember how you made them feel. They're not going to necessarily remember what you said, but that energy of how you make them feel is going to be the piece that they remember the most. So thank you for sharing more information about that. Um, can you explain really quickly to us what is 3D? Yeah. What is 3D reality? I think there's a lot of people talking about 3D reality, 4D, 5D. People are ascending, transcending, transforming, right. you know, all <laughs> stuff. So share with us, um, you know, explain so, so we can just, you know, in a practical way, understand 3D reality. And if totally. you want to share more about other realities, that's fine. Cool. So let's start with 2D. So 2D is like, I have, I know this isn't video, but like I legit have a piece of paper and a pen right now. So it's like, okay, so 2D reality is like, everybody can do this with me if they want. Draw a square on a piece of paper. Okay, that's 2D reality, right? It's just, we're just looking at it, it's flat, right? And then, you know, in elementary school when you draw like the cube or whatever, yeah. and you make yeah. the cube and now the cube looks 3D. And so to me, 3D reality is like, form, the physical reality of form. So like the microphone in front of me has like, it's, it's, it's a form, right? My body is a form. 3D reality to me is like what we would call, well, what I used to call like real, right? Like this table is real. So to me, 3D reality is like the stuff 
that's around us right now. 3D reality is my couch and my neighbor mowing their lawn and uh, the dishes at my sink. You know, like the, that is 3D reality. So then, to, and, and again, like, I, I really like to stay uh, just honest that I could, like, I guess go with my inner knowing. So like, I could be making this all up. Like, this isn't like a scientific type thing, but if it resonates, take me. So I think of 3D reality as the re world of form, right? It's like the buildings and the, the, the trees, like the stuff we can taste, touch, feel, knock on. So then if we go into 4D reality, I think of 4D as if, you know, technology, like you and me right now, we're talking to each other, but I can't like touch your face, right? Not that I would do that, but you know, what, what I'm trying to say is like our phones are 4D reality. The internet is 4D reality. What about like our dreams that we have? Or what about like, you know, when you, maybe you're clairvoyant and you can see energy, maybe you somebody and then they call and you're like you sent that 4d <laughs> vibe or whatever so to me it's like 2d is flat 3d is like a shape a physical shape around us 4d gets into again into the ethers and then 5d you know i don't really totally know to be completely honest but i think of 5d as like kind of being all of that, being aware of the fourth dimension, being aware of the third dimension and integrating both of those because 5D is not necessarily, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see it as like, I'm going to pop out of my head and go like exist in the middle of the universe when we all ascend the earth. To me, 5D reality is us all bringing those energized versions of ourselves, right? Being aware of ourselves, being aware of right because that's the thing um sometimes we're not aware of for of that we're like even i don't even stop to think about the fact that we're connecting like through the ethers at times mm -hmm. so i feel like 5d is like really that level of awareness of all the levels which looks like awareness of our inner knowings awareness of others like all that all that good stuff so well said. Thank you. I think it's a really easy way of understanding it and also just becoming aware. And thank you for being honest. And thank you for being, you know, like 5D is new, I think, across the board for a lot of people collectively. And it's even the concept itself is becoming, you know, more popular and things that people are talking about. So thank you for saying, like, I'm not sure yet, you know, like, let me tell you a little bit later down the road. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you tell me, right? Like, if you're out there and you have, you know, send me an email. Like I yeah. love to learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So I wanted to be mindful of your time. There's uh, two quotes um, that you said on your site. I think it was your site, maybe your blog. Um, sorry, I keep getting them intertwined. That's okay. Um, and so if we have enough time, I'll ask both, but I wanted to start in this place because it's really going to bring us home into this inner knowing, into this place within us where we can start to say, where is my inner knowing or where, how can I can begin to connect with it? And so you have this quote, it's by David, I'm going to butcher his last name. Ike. Ike. Thank you. Okay. The heart is the most powerful electromagnetic, electromagnetic field within the human energy field. And there are more nerves going from the heart to the brain than going the other way. The brain is not the focus for intelligence within the body. The heart is. So why did that quote resonate with you? 
Awesome. I love that. So um, that quote is from the Venus retrograde article on moonomens.com. So I'm the astrologer for Moon Omens. So I write all the astrology blogs on moonomens.com. There's a team of people who write some of the memes and stuff like that. I'm not, I don't do all of that, but all the articles come from me. Um, and so Yes. So that is all about, we're in Venus retrograde. Um, we're going to be in it all through this month and next. And, but it doesn't matter. This quote applies always. So um, I think of it as if, okay, so I want to, I want to find the right way of saying it. And I want to kind of go back to something I said at the beginning of this episode where, you know, I shared that I was just raised in a household that was like, be nice. No. Nope love, share. If you have enough, someone else is invited. Don't include people. Come from your heart. And so our brains, which, you know, mainstream culture, society, whatever you want to say, like pump steroids into maybe literally, I'm not saying that. I'm using an analogy, but you know, we're, we live in this very intellectual world, right? Where it's about like plan and assess the risks and know where you're going and have your strategy and all that like intellectual linear living, which is like, don't get me wrong. It's important. But this heart energy to me really is like coming away from the fight or flight of the mind, which is like, there's not enough. Or what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And you know, all these things back to the heart. And to me, like that quote really speaks to like the power of our inner knowing, right? To use the language for this podcast is the heart knows the way, just like, you know, when you see a baby and babies just laugh, right? They're just happy. Um, or like when you just know you love something. Um, and that energy has compassion, right? Whereas our minds are going to, well, my mind, I can only speak from my experience, but my mind is going to like see things as separate, you know, see, um, you know, that person's opinion is wrong, maybe, or my opinion is right, although I try to stay like neutral, but for the most part, right, it's our minds that create like the separation between uh, each other, but also within ourselves, right? Like I'm too big, or I'm stupid, or I'm that, or I'm that. Whereas the heart to me, and through that quote, it's this radiant field, basically, right? It's that connection to life, life force energy. And so it sounds cliche, but more and more and more, I just think the most important thing is just connect to the heart, connect to the heart. And it's cool that that quote shows, you know, how science shows that there's more information that comes from the heart and all that good stuff. But to like, you know, we don't need to know that to know when we feel something in our hearts. Right. <laughs> and, and that's not always necessarily comfortable, right? Cause our hearts can be sad or our hearts can be, um, hurt and things like that. But when we have those more heavy hearted feelings, it's, that's a very different experience than the intellect of blaming and shaming and pushing away and all that kind of stuff. So to me, the heart is really like, in this moment, I want to say like, that's where the, the external, well, the external meets the internal, but how I want to say it is like the heaven, meets the earth, right? Our non-physical selves meet our physical selves. It's like, this, this middle point where we all kind of just within ourselves connect. So I know that's like, if I could draw a picture, I would maybe make more sense, but hopefully that's clear. Oh, you're making perfect sense. There's two things I wanted to add on. Thank you for sharing more information about that. There's two things I want to add on to that. Yeah. 
so relate. A lot of the times when I'm guiding meditations, I can feel the energy of people around me and everybody's operating in their heads. They're all up here loud, you know, like should, could, would, why, how, all the things. And then when we sit in the practice and I can guide, we can slowly begin to like let go and detach from that mind, transcend thought literally, and come into our heart space. And every single time the energy in the room just softens, people release, they let go, and they just come back to this true sense of who they are. Um, and even that sounds like far-fetched for some people who are like, yeah, but I, don't, I still don't understand what they're saying. So I wanna just add in this, this little piece. I learned this from a medium and she was saying, you know, imagine you have two little eyes in your head and it's walking down, you know, and it's walking down out of your mind into your heart. And so anytime I'm like caught up in something like my mind and I'm overthinking something and I've seen this happen for other people too, is I imagine these little eyes walking down my body and I'm asking literally from my heart, how does my heart see this situation? How can I see this from my heart instead of my logical sometimes very harsh mind, right? And that uh, allows us to connect to this space that you're talking about so beautifully about the heart space, you know, and really being able to understand what our heart feels, not necessarily what our mind is telling us to feel. I love it. Oh, that's such a great, yeah, that's, I love that looking through the heart, walking our eyes down to our heart. That's, that's beautiful. Isn't that a cool way of thinking about it? Okay. All right, so I have one last question for you, and this is the same question I ask every single person on the podcast. Um, if you could put the belief of one belief in the minds of all the people in the world, like you could just have an instant download and everybody would have this belief, what would that be? Wow, <laughs> that gets me super excited. So, one belief. Um, I think I'm just going to stick with the theme I've been talking about of that inside creates outside. And again, I, I just, this is to my past self is like, it's not saying that I need to manifest my whole life. Right. And that I need to figure out how to make all these things happen or that I'm responsible or that this really hard experience in my external world is my fault. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that we are sovereign beings, that we can really choose what we want to believe. And we can, and it takes hard work, like it takes hard work, but we can put that hard work into really knowing we can create a different narrative than the narrative we're, you know, farm, factory, farm fed. Let's just say it that way. So I think it's this belief of that we can create alternative realities to what mainstream society tells us to create. And again, not always easy, not something that you need to figure out how to do, not something that you need to beat yourself up at if you're not doing it, but just the belief that it's possible. Because when we have that belief that it's possible, you know, we open up, we open up a little bit. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. I want to share one more piece from your website. And I think it just sums up this so beautifully. It, you said, it takes courage to step into the fullness of who we are, but each person reading these words or listening to these words is capable of doing it. So beautiful. Shannon, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you for joining us this, this morning, afternoon, later afternoon for you. Um, it was honestly such a pleasure to talk with you.
You are so welcome. And again, thanks for the work that you're doing in the world. And also thank you to everybody who's listening. I, I really like, again, just back down to that theme of information is important and like light is information. And so you're choosing to turn the lights on by listening to this podcast. And, you know, maybe you turn on the lights and they're like, oh, I have to scramble to clean up all this mess. But the fact that you are turning on the lights, that you're open to information just let that be enough because that's huge. And that's what's going to really shift the collective. So kudos to all the listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Huge shout out to you for tuning in and for taking out time in your own lives to tune in to your own inner guidance and to become aware and strengthen that connection. If you feel called to leave a review on iTunes, I would appreciate it. And if you want to share this out with your friends and family, know that there's tons of available platforms for you to hear this podcast. More importantly, I want to share with you how to connect with Shannon. As you heard, she has so much information. It's incredibly relatable and she has just a really elegant way of connecting with us and keeping it down to earth. So, you can connect with her at shannonhugman.com and I would encourage you to get a chart reading, check out her work, more importantly, check out her new book. So if this space, astrology and understanding it and how understanding how it affects your life, this would be the book for you to pick up. It's called Analogies, Energies and Celestial Bodies. It's available on her website, shannonhugman.com and also available on Amazon and Kindle. Okay. Also, she is the lead astrologist at moonomens.com. So you can follow them on Instagram, moonomens, M-O-O-N-O-M-E-N-S, and then also available at moonomens.com. I also really recommend joining Shannon Hugman's newsletter. That way you can always get these updates in terms of what's happening at the planets. How is it going to affect me? It's daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. So I really recommend that. Okay, so I think that's it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was just really informative in terms of what we can expect with 2020, a really amazing way of looking at the year and how the planets are driving energy for us to really illuminate and to lighten up. As always, be well, stay safe, and I will see you on the next episode.